Amen. Well, as we continue our study this summer on prayer, as often these summer series are, they are topical. And I have a key verse to start with this morning from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And Paul wrote these words. He said, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Well, as we continue to study prayer this morning, we look at this verse, and we're not going to break this verse down particularly, but it kind of sums up and lists the reality that there are different types of prayer. Peter or Paul here lists supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. These are just a few of the types of prayers that are available to us. Over the next couple of weeks, I want to look at some various types of prayers. And for the purpose of teaching, I'm going to present them as tools because I believe that's what they are, a means to accomplish something. I, myself, I'm a big fan of tools, physical tools. Having the right tools can make a job much easier. As many of you know, I like to do woodworking. I am still in the degree of projects that I'm putting out. I'm at a pretty basic level. But I enjoy it when I take the time to do it. And in doing those projects... I have specific tools that make it possible, not alone just to do woodworking, but also with my visual impairment. I have talking tape measures. I have different tactile rules to do measuring with. My saws are all fixed saws with either fences or guides that allow me to set them and then push the wood through or push them through the wood. My table saw, my miter saw, my track saw, these are all fixed saws where, as I said, I can either push the wood through or push them through the wood with a set jig. Without those tools, I couldn't build much of anything. But with those tools, by the grace of God, I've accomplished several projects. I built numerous shelves. That's been my main project. I built partitions for our chicken house a couple of portable chicken coops for the yard, a dollhouse for the girls, several sets of Lincoln Logs. Like woodworking, prayer has several tools. Unlike woodworking, prayer has one purpose. We talked about that purpose as I opened up this study on prayer this summer. Communion with God. That is the purpose of prayer. We pray to bring ourselves into alignment with God. And the tools, the types of prayer are intended by God to accomplish that purpose. You've probably often heard the acronym of ACTS, ACTS. Each one of the letters in that acronym acronym represents a tool available to us. 
We use that acronym in our monthly prayer meeting here on the fourth Sunday night. While it is a very helpful tool in itself, that is the acronym, the use of our prayer tools is often not so clearly defined and, and designated. Often we use multiple tools even in the same sentence of prayer. In our conversations with God, these different tools come up in different ways and in different degrees. Today, though, we are going to look at the first three elements of this acronym. Adoration, confession, and thanksgiving. And as a part of thanksgiving, we're also going to look at the tool that is lament in prayer. Next week, we will look at several elements of supplication. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We praise you for this privilege to come to you in prayer. We praise you for the gift of prayer. We praise you for the effect of prayer. Lord, may we learn by your spirit this morning the tools that are available to us and how to apply them and how to approach them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't know how many of you have tried to build an acronym before for some presentation that you were making or some principle maybe you're trying to teach to your employees or even to your children. But as you build an acronym, you use words to fit what you want to spell to have something kind of a memorable, a way to remember things, I guess. It's a, it's a memory trigger. The, the creator of the ACTS acronym understandably chose adoration to begin his acronym. Adoration is a logical foundational tool when you're looking at the tools of prayer. Adoration is praising God for who He is and what He can do. Psalms 100. The psalmist says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Back to the woodworking analogy. If I'm trying to duplicate something in my wood shop, I want to put my hands on it. I want to feel it. I want to understand how the person who built the one that I'm trying to recreate, I want to understand how they put it together. I'll take measurements from it to recreate the pieces that are needed to create it. And then I will try to recreate it. Praying prayers of adoration is a very similar process to that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Like putting my hands on the wooden creation that I want to recreate. 
praying prayers of adoration. It's putting our mind on God. Inviting the reality of who He is to shape us, to change us, to make us into the image of His Son. When we are blatantly not living the way that God intended for us to live, when we know that we are living in disobedience to God's commands, we are going to be resistant to doing this. It's going to be convicting. It's going to be challenging. It's going to remind us of what we are doing wrong. To expose our sin. That's what it's going to do when we pray prayers of adoration. That's what it should do. When we realize the perfection and the beauty of God and how our sin taints that, it is going to convict us. That is the point. Understand, we praise God because He's the only one worthy to be praised. But the power in the tool of adoration is the motivation toward perfection. We will not reach perfection in this life. But God doesn't demand perfection. That is the most amazing thing, one of the most amazing things about God. When we by faith follow Him, He gives us perfection. He gives us perfection and that it, he sent perfection out of heaven in the form of his son to dwell among us, to face every temptation that we would face, to face every persecution imaginable to man, to do it perfectly, to do it without sin, and then to become, through his suffering, the sacrifice for our sins. God doesn't demand perfection of us. He made it possible for the perfection, for the righteousness of His Son to be available to us, to be put upon us. Not by anything or any price we have to pay, but by the price that His Son paid. While we will not reach that perfection in this life, as long as we dwell in these earthly bodies of flesh, we will continue to grow. Remember the purpose of prayer, to bring ourselves into alignment with God. For that reason, adoration naturally gives way to the second tool we want to discuss this morning, the prayer of confession. As we adore God, as we look at His magnificence and His perfection, our sins will be revealed. As we worship God for who He is, our perfections will, our imperfections will be exposed. Our sin. The first step in dealing with sins is to confess them. Confession is admitting our sins to God, repenting, and receiving God's forgiveness. Psalms 51, the first four verses. This is a psalm of David. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. 
Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only. Have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. David's concern is not about getting caught and he did some wretched, wretched things from Bathsheba to the cover-up to the denial. David did some wretched things. But his concern was not about getting caught. It was in the fact that he sinned against God. That is what grieved him. This was a process for David. Ultimately, it took the boldness of Nathan to confront him. But David got to this point. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Paul says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief produces death. David's grief was godly grief, as, as revealed here in Psalms. Confession is a powerful tool of prayer. Confession that comes from a heart of adoration toward God produces salvation without regret, eternal life. Confession that comes from a heart of self-preservation produces death. Now this morning we're not talking about the scope of our confessions. Who we should confess to. We are simply talking about confessing our sins to God in prayer. In the avenue of prayer. Acknowledging that our sin is sin and desiring to turn from it, to repent. We shouldn't be living in fear of unrepentant sins, unconfessed sins, sins that we are actually not even aware of. God is going to reveal the sins that we need to deal with in His time and in His way. It is not His desire that we are living in crippling fear of what if there's something I've done that I don't realize I did? He doesn't want us constantly in agony and anxiety trying to determine, is there a sin that I don't know about? Is there something I don't know about? That's not what God wants us to be. That's not what confession is about. Confession is as God brings the sins to the surface through us, our adoration of him or through sending brothers and sisters to us to lovingly prompt us or call us out on something that we will confess those sins. We will repent of those sins. We will by faith trust that he has covered every sin. God already knows every action and every thought that we have ever had. Our confessions are not news to him. The point in us coming forth with our sins is not to crush us, to embarrass us, to humiliate us, but it is to humble us, to cleanse us, 
to ultimately remind us that it's not about us. To make us more and more like Him. So that we can fellowship with Him in this life, through prayer, through the Spirit, and in eternity, face to face. Confession in prayer is a tool of cleansing. It's a recognizing of our imperfections and asking God to cleanse us of them. Our final tool this morning is thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. I have been speaking a lot lately in this series and in other opportunities of the reality of suffering, the suffering that we face. Whether it's the result of our sin, someone else's sin, or in the vast majority of cases, simply a result of the fallen world that we live in. The purpose of suffering is to point us to God. To make us aware of our need for a Savior. I cannot express enough how important it is for us to have that understanding of suffering. Because this gives us an opportunity to turn to God, to trust Him. Now, God does not expect us to go looking for suffering. There's plenty of suffering in the world today. Despising suffering is not helpful, is not what God intended. Remember Paul's words. Give thanks in all circumstances. We sang this morning, when all we see is the battle, when all we see are the ashes. But God knows. But God knows what he's working through the battles. He knows what he's bringing out of the ashes. Remember a couple of months ago in our study of Hebrews, I told you, I said, don't fight the curse. Don't be looking for someone or something to blame for your circumstances. It's not going to help you through your suffering. It will bring you nothing but unrest. Yes, we have beautiful things to be thankful for. That is an aspect of thankfulness. And giving thanks to God for those things is important. But giving thanks to God in the midst of our struggles is a powerful tool. God, even though all I see is the battle, even though all I see are the ashes, I still thank you. This is a powerful tool to bring ourselves into alignment with God. When we think our struggles are overwhelming, and they are at times, in the reality of this life, sometimes they, they are crushing. They are impossible. They are not impossible with God, but they are impossible to us. 
to bring it into some perspective, think of God. He could blame us. You know, when we're concerned about how someone has wronged us, how someone has disrespected us, how someone has stolen from us, what someone has cost us. Think about what God did. As a result of our sins, His Son was crushed for our iniquity. He was pierced for our sins. Did he hold that against us? Did he blame us? No, he saved us. This does not mean that we ignore the pain. This being thankful for for God and his provisions in the midst of our suffering. This does not mean that we ignore the pain and the fearfulness of our circumstances. It doesn't mean that we act like suffering doesn't hurt. Thankfulness is the acknowledgement that God is with us no matter our physical reality. It's not ignoring our suffering. It's acknowledging that God has a much bigger plan. And in that light, there is another tool of prayer that we have to help us come to that reality. That tool is lament. Lament is a cry to God to rescue us from our agony, whatever it is. It's basically telling God, this hurts. What I'm facing hurts, God. One commentator likened it to saying, ouch. Ouch, God, this hurts. What I'm facing is really hard. It hurts. Now that prayer of lament would be more classified as a prayer of supplication. As a request of God. But I think it's important here this morning to recognize it with thanksgiving. More than a third of the psalms are psalms of lament. Lamentation is an act of faith. God is the only one who can do something about our pain. When we lament, we acknowledge that God is everything. In our weakness, we call out to God, acknowledging that He is there. Psalm 6, verses 2 and 3. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Hear me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Psalms 130, the first two verses. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the calls of my voice for mercy. Now, these are just a couple of examples of laments. And these are just from the Psalms. There are other laments in the Bible. There's a whole book of lamentations. Lamenting is a, power, is a tool we have available to us, a powerful tool. 
It's, again, a surrendering, a recognizing to God of how real suffering is and how much we put our faith and trust in Him. There is a danger of getting stuck in lament and getting stuck in feeling sorry for ourselves. But we should not avoid it because of that. We should approach it being aware of that. We should also be intentional of surrounding ourselves with brothers and sisters in Christ who we know that when we get into a time of suffering, a time of hardship, that they will join us in our lament, but they will also have our backs in prayer and they will have our hands and help, us lead, help lead us out of that lament into an attitude of thankfulness, an attitude of adoration, a crying out to God for His help and His support. It's important that we remember the opportunity that God gives us in relationships. What did Josh tell us last week about our attitude of prayer? Prayer is not about us. It's about God. Back to our opening verse, 1 Timothy 2.1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. When we pick up a tool of prayer, remember the object, remember the goal, remember the final project in the woodworking terms to make us more and more like God, to make us in the image of Christ. That goal is contrary to what the world would tell us. The world tells us that it's all about us our comfort, our acceptance, our recognition. The power of prayer comes ultimately in us making it all about God. His honor, His glory, His love. The beauty of Him is that He then makes it all about us. He cleanses us. He restores us. He makes us righteous all through the gift of His Son. I encourage you this morning to embrace the tools of prayer. Look to God's perfection. Adore Him. Understand that He is the picture of perfection. He is perfect in every way. Understand that. Allow that to permeate you to cleanse you, to shine the light on your imperfections. Confess your imperfections. Go to the river. Take sins that you cannot bear as we sang this morning. Because you cannot bear them. He longs to carry them, to take them off of you, to take that weight off of you. Don't try to hide them, to make excuses for them, to blame others for them. And then finally, be thankful for the plan that God is working in your life. Even when you can't see the point, trust that God is in control. Trust that God longs to make you in His image. Trust that God longs to have you in eternity with Him. 
I hope you understand this morning that you are embracing the powerful tools of prayer. Understanding the endless love that God has for you. Next week, we'll look at supplication in different degrees, in different ways of way we take our requests to God because it, it can get twisted and say, well, isn't that making it about us? But even in us going to God in dependence, looking for his provision, the beauty in that is making it all about him. But this week, I encourage you to focus on adoring your creator, confessing your imperfections, thanking God for what he has done and what he will do. Understand the power of lament, the deep recognition of the pain, of the reality of fallenness and the effects of sin. Embrace that this week. Meditate on that this week. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We thank you for all the tools that you've put in our toolbox of prayer, Father. God, we've just barely scratched the surface this morning, but we, thank, we are thankful for who you are, God. And we do adore you. We are overwhelmed by the fact that you, the perfect creator of us, the perfect creator of the universe, so intimately and completely cares for each of us, Father. God, we thank you that in your perfection, you shine light, your light into our hearts to expose our sin, to reveal to us where we are walking in disobedience to you, to reveal to us where we are acting contrary to your very nature, Father. Thank you that you give us the power by your grace to confess those sins, to be cleansed by you, Father. And God, we Thank you for a spirit of thankfulness. We thank you, Lord, that in the midst of our suffering, that you carry us. In the midst of our suffering, that you are there, even though all we may see are the battles, all we may see is the ashes. But we know, God, that you move those mountains, that you bring, that you bring beauty out of those ashes, Father. May we trust that. May we know that by your spirit and by your power, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.